hearts, okay? Sound better if you keep playing? That'd be cool. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Goodness gracious. How y'all doing this morning? Good? You excited? We got some places we're going to go this morning. It's going to be super fun. There we go. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really, I, uh, I learned something yesterday about my son. He's like me. He doesn't like to put things down. Right, we got uh, we got this little bow and arrow I got with my my friends. We had a guys' night and went to main event or something like that. We just played a whole bunch of skee ball to try and get as many tokens as we could get or how as many tickets as we could get. And I ended up winning this little Nerf bow and arrow. Right, so naturally, the good dad that I am, I was like, I will take this home and shoot my kids with it. Um, <laughs> I bet you thought I was going to give it to him. I did. I eventually, I, eventually, I gave it to him, and uh, and I gave it to Bolton. And Mia, and they run around, they play with it. There's no more darts. Samson, our dog, he's eaten all the darts now, so there's no more darts. But they play, and they pretend. They run around with this little, you know, fake bow and arrow thing. And um, Bolton yesterday is like, Dad, I want to play golf. And I'm like, let's go. Like, this is like the greatest joy of my life, that my son would want to do something that I like to do. And, uh, and so, and then, of course, Mia's like, I want to play too, I want to play too. And we go outside, and he wants to pick up his golf club and he wants to he wants to play but he does not want to let go of the bow and arrow and i'm like son in order for you to do the great thing that golf is you have to put down the bow and arrow right how many of you know that sometimes to do something you have to put something else down make sense all right well we're gonna the uh we're gonna learn a little bit about how the disciples stepped into that um Pretty incredible stuff, actually, uh, in their calling in Matthew 4, when they realized that they had to put something down in order to pick something up. So if you will, turn with me, if you brought a Bible, uh, Matthew 4, starting at verse 18. I've read this so many times this week, I feel like I could just quote it, but I'll read it because I know I'll mess something up. All right, starting at verse 18, it says, perfect. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he said, He saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting their nets into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Awesome. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. They were in the boat with their father, Zebedee. Preparing their nets and Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him That's a lot. I know that's only four verses. There's a lot going on right in there, right? We we know Historically in the chapters that happened before that that Jesus He's born he gets lost Right? That's like our one testimony of Jesus in his teenage years. We're like, Lord, I need more information of how to act in godliness as a teenager or to raise teenage kids. But he gets lost. Obviously, he's in his father's house. And then the next thing we know, he's 30 years old. He's getting baptized by John the Baptist. And then he goes into the desert for 40 days, comes out, speaks the word of the Lord in the temple, and then runs out to the, to the lake to find some friends, Right? Interesting thing happens here. Peter, Andrew, James, and John 
are all called away from fishing. This is something like, this isn't like, this isn't like our favorite country songs, you know, that, you know, fishing is our way to get away, right? Or to uh, just chill with the buddies, you know, or to hopefully catch that giant 10-pound bass that you've been longing for. For a long time. It wasn't just a leisure activity. Fishing, that was their way of life. And in that town, it was a really good way of life, right? They're living in a fishing town. They don't have Costco down the street where you can just go get fish from all over the world, right? In a moment. It's what the town caught from the Sea of Galilee, from the lake, right? You picking up what I'm putting down? This is a pretty affluent job. People in the community are dependent on Peter, Andrew, James, John, right? They're, they're pretty dependent on them. They've got some clout in the town because of what they're doing. They're probably making a pretty good living while they're at it, right? And Jesus says, come and follow me. I'll teach you to be fishers of men. And they leave fishing behind. You see, fishing was a, it was a good thing for them. It was a good thing, but they had to drop it because it wasn't the best thing. Hmm. James and John had to drop something else. James and John had to drop their nets, but they also had to leave their dad. It says they left Zebedee in the boat. Can you imagine? I'm like, I, I still remember. I have like this wound in my heart. It's It's funny. Everybody's got father, like you talk about Sozo and you talk about your past, you've got like father wounds, right? Stuff like that. My dad, I never had a father wound. Me and my dad have always connected super, super well. But I have this one spot in my life that is so hard for me to forgive myself for, where one time on a field day when I was, when I was in like elementary school, I left my dad to go play with friends after he and I had been shooting basketball. And I, and I still, to this day, I'm like, I know he's an introvert. I know that he was like super proud of me to go and hang out with friends, but I felt so guilty leaving my dad at this place to go play with my friends. Like I still do it. And he never said like, oh, that hurt my feelings. I still hold that, right? And so when I read that these two brothers, right, who become like sons of thunder, these two bros leave their dad in the boat on the family business, I'm like, There's no place in heaven for you. You can't do that. You can't do that. That's a horrible, horrible, horrible idea. That you, that is, goes against everything inside of me. You do not do that. But that was good for them. And they had to drop what was good in order to pick up what was great. Hmm. Last week, um, Well, let me say this. Let me quote my dad. Now that I've talked to talked about him a good bit, let me quote him. We grew up hearing this phrase, good is the enemy of great. You hear that? Like, hold that. Let that go deep inside of you. Because it's not just bad things that are going to stand in the way of, of what God's calling you to. Sometimes it's good things. And we need to know that as a people. Okay? Cool. The disciples calling, right, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, their calling was the greater thing. Last week we heard that um, we've got to get 
get right with God. Incredible teaching with a lot of testimony of people who, who jumped in to life with God, who stood up in their chairs. Uh, every time I hear that story, I cry. Like, I think my eyes were closed the whole sermon last week, right? People who are getting right with God. And getting right with God, like, opens the hallway of your destiny. Getting right with God says, okay, you ready? Let's go somewhere. And so often that very first thing that we have to do when we get right with God is get right with others. Get right with those who are around us. This is one of the biggest distractions uh, from our calling. The biggest hindrances is the relationships that we have around us. But if we're going to get into the mission of God, we have to get right with others. As hard as it might be. Today, you and I, we have a calling. It's not just for pastors, okay? <laughs> I, know, I feel like that's our, our Christianese, our church language, right? We have a mission. You have a mission. As a believer, you are called. We talk about being called into ministry. Everybody ministers. If you're a believer, if you're a son, your daughter, then you can't shut up about the mission. If you have a hard time talking about the mission, maybe you still need to get right with God. Okay? But you have a calling. And we need to drop some stuff in order to pick it up. When we're called into a relationship with Christ, we're not just called to something, though we are called to the greatest thing that there has ever been or ever will be, relationship with God. But we're not just called to it, we're called from things. And there are things that you've got to let go to step into that. It's like, oh, getting rid of something, right? You got to let go. It's all right. Laugh. Go ahead. It's good. <laughs> you got to let go of some stuff. So I want to ask you, like, what are your nets? To get where you're going. To get going. To get moving in any direction. There are things that you've got to let go of. You know, we use the language of things that are holding you back, right? There are things that you've got to let go of. So I'm going to highlight to you a couple of those things. Fear of man, if you're going to follow Jesus and you're going to get right in your relationships, fear of man's got to stop. Fear of man will keep you from addressing that hurt that you have. Fear of man will keep you from speaking the truth. Fear of man will keep you down. Proverbs says that it's the fear of the Lord that's the beginning of wisdom, not the fear of man. The second thing is the fear of failure has got to be dropped. <laughs> I'm like, I'm walking in, laying that one down right now, right? There's this contention that what if I mess up? What if I don't do it right? What if I make a fool of myself? And we all live it. We walk it, right? 
And it keeps us from stepping into true trust and true faith in God. We have those, those trust falls, you know, where you, and you fall back and somebody catches you, right? And you have to put full trust. Well, what if they don't? What if I fail? What if I look like an idiot? What if I smack my head on the ground? What if I fall down? What if I say something wrong? Fear of failure's gotta be dropped. Because maybe you don't know the full picture. Maybe you don't know everything that God's calling you to yet. Maybe the influence you thought you were going to have is way bigger. Maybe it's way more focused. Maybe the impact that you're going to have on that one person in the grocery store that you really feel like God's tugging on your heart to go talk to is actually going to spin things into revival. And you don't know. So fear of failure can't be here. The second thing is the fear of the unknown. Or the third thing. Fear of the unknowns must be dropped. I had an encounter with the Lord last week on Thursday. Not this past Thursday, the Thursday before. And he spoke very clearly to me about fear of the unknown and how it has held us back from being truly creative with God. That there is a calling, specific to Riverstone even, to step into the creative power, really, creative relationship with God that we have been scared to death of because there are things there that have never been done before. And we are so scared of things that we don't know how to grasp or know how to control. Fear of the unknown. Fourth thing, we're getting real relational now. Bitterness has got to be dropped. Why did they get that and I didn't? I know their life. They do stuff bad. Why am I not getting? Or they said this thing to me and they don't have that. They don't have the authority to speak things like that into my life. They can't correct me. They don't know me well enough to correct me. And we create bitterness within our family, the family of God, in the church. And we slow down progress. We slow down our ability to listen to God. It's like having limited data, right? Text messages are not going through. The next one is the spirit of offense must be dropped. There are things. This goes back to the unknown. There are things, right, that we are scared of. And when somebody else walks in them, we get offended. I've been there. I know. But a spirit of offense must be dropped. I don't know why. Sometimes I think the, one of the biggest ways that this happens is when somebody tells you a hard truth, we get offended, right? Or maybe, you know, something's not the way we always thought it was supposed to be, and we get offended. I, I, don't, understand why, I don't understand why we do that so much. Maybe it's a control thing. Maybe it's we feel vulnerable. Um, But when somebody speaks those words, even if they're not in love, God can still use them to sharpen us. There's no reason why we shouldn't, why we should be offended, right? 
And we carry this. We do this a lot. It's like the stem of all of our gossip. Judgment must be dropped. Ugh. Again, we don't know exactly how everything is supposed to look. Judgment has got to be dropped. He's the judge. Your job, our job, my job is to love. We haven't gotten that right yet. <laughs> Who thinks we can judge if we haven't gotten love right? Right? So judgment has to be dropped as well. Sometimes, this, was my, this is my scary one. Sometimes, even traditions have to be dropped. This one's hard for me because I love tradition. I love things that have history behind them. I love things that have stood the test of time and longevity and, and, and create a common vision. And, and they're like these things. But so often we start to worship the tradition rather than the one that we began the tradition for in the first place. Sometimes even traditions have to be dropped. Hmm. Any doubtful habit that keeps you from being a friend of God needs to be dropped. Maybe from being a lover of God. And I guess maybe this is my question, right? Like, are we acquaintances with God? Are we friends with God? Or are we lovers? I know which one I want to be, right? Like, I can hang out with my friends. Like, I can, I can chill with my friends. I hung out with some friends last night. Great time. But when I went home and I was with my wife and I saw her and I can speak to her and I know her and I can, she didn't even have to say a word and we can communicate and I can feel that love and I know it's till death do us part. Heck or high water, right? Anything. I want that with God. I don't want to be a friend. I don't want to be an acquaintance. I want to be a lover. And I think we need to ask ourselves personally, am I just kind of acquainted with God? Do we kind of talk sometimes? Or is he why my heart beats? Is he why I get up in the morning? Is he why I do well at work? Is he why I raise my kids the way that I do? Is he why... I can't sleep at night because I'm so excited. I tapped into a, a reality in the last few years that I will have more rest when God wakes me up in the middle of the night to pray than if I slept eight hours. It is strange. But is it? If he created everything, is it strange? God doesn't just want to do what he's always done. He's doing a new thing, a new thing to bring glory to his name. That's that's biblical. Right? Those who were worshiping traditions were the ones who didn't recognize him when he came the first time. I want to be sure that I'm tethered to him in love to recognize him the second time. Cuz he's coming back. That should make you a little excited. 
He's, he's coming back. <laughs> You're called. You are God's prize. You are God's plan to reach the world. Let's say that one more time. You're called. You're God's prize, and you are God's plan to reach the world. Today, in your life, I can say with confidence that you're standing in a boat or you're standing on a shore and you've got nets in your hands. And God's calling you. And there's stuff you've got to drop. Maybe you've dropped nets before. Maybe you just got a little net you've got to drop now. Maybe it's a little crab net. I don't know. Maybe it's huge. Maybe it's a giant net that you pull behind a boat. But I, I believe with everything in me that there is a grace to drop nets today. To run after God fully unabandoned. Just completely gone. Zero to a hundred. When we walk in our calling, when you say yes, I hear you calling me, God. I'm going to drop these nets. And we walk into it. It's contagious. Me walking in my calling helps you walk in yours. Because you go, hey, I want to do that. Wait a minute. I have felt like maybe I wasn't doing all that I was called to. That looks way more fun, right? And when you walk in it, it pulls me too. And we're meant to be a family. And that's how that works. But if I'm being honest, I think all of you need encouragement. I do. I've been thinking about these words that the body needs encouragement and that Riverstone needs encouragement. And I keep jumping to Paul, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14. Right? Hannah and I have been teaching a class on spiritual gifts. And I've been running to these passages in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And Paul talks about spiritual gifts and, and desiring spiritual gifts, right? This church is very embracive. <laughs> embracive, not abrasive. Embracing of, Right? Embracing of the gifts, right? If you're new, I'm glad you found that out early. We embrace them because God's alive and he's speaking and moving today. And Paul says that you should desire all the gifts, especially the gift of prophecy for the edification, encouragement, and building up of the church. So, as you're stepping into your calling, we're going to encourage you this morning. We're going to edify you in the hope that we build up the church, that people run into the church because of you walking into your calling. Because like I said, it's contagious. So let's take a few minutes and let's do this. I'm getting, I'm getting excited now. Um, I'm going to have my team come up that I talked to earlier. Um, why don't you guys come up here with me? And we're going to give you some spiritual gift prophetic words.
Because I don't want to just talk to you about calling and not help release you into some of it. These are my friends. They're great. So most of these are my dwelling place leadership team, and one of them is my intern. There's Sam Bueller. He's my intern. Um, actually, I'm going to introduce you to them so that you don't feel strange. All right, so this is Michael Schwartz. He's awesome. He's a dwelling place leader. This is my lovely wife. Y'all know her, right? Okay, good. This is Nolan Doss. He's awesome. Sometimes he plays music. This is Sean. He's awesome. He's engaged to this one. This is Emily. About time y'all clap for somebody. This is great. All right, this is Sarah. She paints a good bit. You see her sometimes. This is Sam, my intern. And this is Sam's little brother who's bigger, Simeon. Okay. Um, Here's the deal. If this feels strange to you, it feels strange to me too. If, um, If you are uncomfortable with the idea of somebody speaking something to you from God, I promise you this. We're not going to be sinners in the hands of an angry God moment today. These words are bathed in love. They've been bathed in prayer. I told them earlier this week that we were going to do this, and they've been praying all week. And just know, like Terry said earlier when he had us put our hands on our heart, this is about you dropping your net and stepping into the call of God in your life. He's wrapping his arms around you in love, okay? All right, cool. Also, if they get one wrong, it's okay. There's grace. All right. You want to go first? Go ahead. Okay. Um, uh, let's just, really quick, I'm just going to pray. Jesus, I thank you that you're here. And I thank you that you love to speak. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way in this room. God, I ask that you would encourage, that you would flow. God, I thank you. Um, During worship, I kind of had some pain in my neck. And I really feel like um, there's some people in this room that are dealing with some pain in their neck. uh, Whether it be on and off or constant. And I feel like even the on and off pain, if you even kind of go, well, it's not that bad. God wants to heal that. Um, so if that's you, um, just raise your hand. we got chronic neck pain in Riverstone. That's got to go. <laughs> I just said, nice, come on. But like the thing is that I love this because God wants to heal you. He wants to take that pain away. He dealt with that on the cross. And so... Um, I just want to pray right now for healing, and then also we'll have ministry teams up here later, and you can come for prayer too again. So, um, Jesus, right now, the ones that have raised their hand, God, I just pray healing in Jesus' name. God, I ask that you would touch them right now, that you would give them um, complete healing, that you would touch that area, that pain would go in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you already paid for that pain. So, Lord, replace it with your peace, comfort. Isolation 
and that a winter is over for you and the Father's heart is going to capture you in this next season. That's all I have. That's good. (laughs) Come over here. Come over here. Make me stand by myself out here. Come up here. Come up here. Um, So first off, I just want to say I didn't know Mason was going to be preaching on what he was preaching on. And uh, I prayed about some things and the Lord told me some things and they all are what he said. So I'm just going to repeat those and then I have a word for someone. So the first thing um, that the Lord told me was um, that we're entering into a season of change in Riverstone um, where there's a grace to give up bad habits and to place Jesus in the first place on your heart. Um, And the second was that the Lord is calling some of you out of some things into some things to get rid of good to go to great. So it's, you know, that thing. And then uh, the word I got is... There's someone over here in a green sweatshirt, um, and the Lord um, wants to tell you that he sees you, he knows you, he loves you, and if you'll press into him, your life will never be the same. Come on. It's my intern. Is Boye here? Boye? Boye, he's... He's leaving for his job. I just had some encouragement for him. There you are. Uh, maybe you felt like some apprehension, um, just uncertainty with the job because, you know, it's far away. But, uh, the Lord gave me just a scripture for you if you want to write it down, just to give you some clarity and some certainty, just to encourage you. It's, uh, Isaiah 42, uh, verses 1 to 4. Um, and just to confirm that, like, it's really cool. He told me that he'd gone to Hawaii for a job and we spoke briefly, um, this past Wednesday night and, and then Mason was like, hey, we're doing this on Sunday. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. And so the scripture came into my mind, and I read it, and it specifically talks about islands. So I was just like, wow, that's so cool. So just read it, and it'll be an encouragement to you. Just know that you're making the right choice. Come on. So I have a word for two people and then, like, a word that I couldn't narrow down, so I'm just going to generalize it. Uh, it's for two people, but they mean two different things. It's for Tom Tanner and it's for Jack Walker. Um, the word I got for both of you was, uh, I, I was praying for this, praying for this thing and I really felt like, uh, and the song came out, it was one of my favorite songs, it's by United Pursuit, it's called, um, Let It Happen. I, I heard the Lord say that your heart cry in the season, whether you've realized it or not, has been this heart cry that says, Lord, take me back, back to the beginning running through the fields with you. And I really feel like the Lord, for you, like you have this desire in your heart to go back to, um, in, in leadership to when you've probably felt stronger. But the Lord's saying that you're going on f- forward and looking back, you can find out where exactly he met you. And the word that I got was um, Second Samuel, where David is longing for the well of Bethlehem. And I feel like the Lord was saying that you're longing for this old water. And I felt like the Lord was saying, when you get this old water, you can move, go on for the new water. And for you, Jack, I felt like the Lord was saying specifically for you, like you have had this desire also in the song, this is what stuck out for me for you, was the fact that you have this desire in your, this heart that says, take me back. Like you're almost begging the Lord to take you back. And I felt like the Lord was saying that he's doesn't have to take you back because you're already, he's already with you. And I felt like the Lord was saying that he's empowering you in this season to move forward. And I felt like the Lord was saying that you are in a season of um, being edified and encouraged by him. And this is the more general word for everyone um, because I couldn't narrow it up. It's for um, the older moms in the room. Um, I felt like the Lord was saying, <clears throat> this is for moms who have older children or the children have left the house. But I feel like they were saying that you're Elijah and you've been Elijah for a while, but there's Elishas who are 
young single women that need you. And I feel like the Lord was saying that this is the season for you to give back. So I felt like specifically for that. So I got a word for Jack Walker also. Um, wow, Jack. Look at you. Yeah, so that's pretty sweet. Um, so I don't know if you've seen the movie Bird Box, but the Lord likes to speak to me through movies. But there's this scene where, like, the main character is riding in a boat, but she has a blindfold on. Um, and she has no idea where she's going. Life's crazy, hectic, like, death's at their door, like, nuts, whatever. Um, and... I felt like the Lord was like, Jack, you're in a place where you feel blind and you don't know where you're going. Uh, it feels hectic. You feel like in the, in the movie, there's like two little kids in the boat that are relying on this lady. You feel like people are like looking up to you and asking you questions and you don't know the answers. Um, and you're feeling like really confused and you're like calling out to God and you feel like he may not be answering. And um, the reality of the scene is... She can't steer the boat. She's in the river, right? Um, and so it's like you really want to know what you're doing. You want to know what you're going. But at the end of the day, you can't fight it. You just need to lean back and rest, and the river's going to take you where you need to go. The Lord has you where you need to be, um, and he's going to take you there. Just rest in him, and he's going to meet you there. Um, and then I got another word for Peter Cook's mom. Um, hi, I'm Simeon. Nice to meet you. Um, once again, the Lord loves to speak to me through movies. One of my favorite movies is The Other Guys. And there's this scene, there's this scene where the guy's like, I'm a peacock captain. You gotta let me fly on this one. It doesn't really make any sense, but it's really funny. Um, and the Lord, um, was telling me, it's like, you speak boldly about things that most people think are impossible. Um, and the Lord wants to use that, and that's a gift from him. So people might think it's stupid or might think it's, I don't know, too crazy. But the Lord's like, no, that's a gift. Like, that's for you. So. All right. Um, I feel like there is a younger woman or a girl who... Her birthday is either today or it's really soon. Is there anyone like that? Or I'm... Where are you at? Yes. Hello. <laughs> um, I feel like the Lord is just reminding you that you're worth celebrating. Um, so yeah, bless that. And then is Steve Dollar here? He's working upstairs. I'll talk to him later. <laughs> yeah, you will. Um, is there anybody here, I, I was really feeling this this morning, I was coming in, I didn't plan on giving any words, but is there anybody here, you've had a child that you have said ran away, that they've like run away from your house or they've run away from you? If that's you, would you raise your hand? Okay. Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Here's the deal. We're gonna pray for your for your little one today. Um, even if they've come home already. Um, we're gonna we're gonna pray for them. So 
if you're around them or near the two people back here, um, oh, there's somebody else too. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Would you lay hands on them? We're just going to pray. I'm just going to pray. I was a son who ran away for a minute and I came home. And so we're going to pray this, okay? Because I'm tired of families being separated. Jesus, we just pray and prophesy right now. Sons and daughters, come home. Lord, we speak your purposes right now into their life. That they would see you, be filled with you, and run home. God, I ask for the grace of parents to let go of hurt and love their children when they come home. To wrap their arms around them, to greet them. Jesus, I just ask right now, Lord, that you would just, you would do what only you can do in restoring families right now. So we pray for these children. We ask that they would come home. We ask that they would come home. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, here's the last thing. Oh, we've got one more. Go ahead. Okay, so I have two. One's corporate and the one's for certain people. So the corporate word that I got for this church specifically was that um, the Lord wanted to say that y'all have a heart of a lion. And that lions have specific meaning of strength and royalty, but not only that, scientists have studied this, and their voices can be heard up to five miles away. And so I just feel like corporately as a church, you'll have a heart of a lion and that you're being heard. And then specifically for moms out there who have ever had a miscarriage or a kid who has died, I feel like the Lord wanted to say that he's there with you when you're crying and you're alone, that he sees your tears and that you are not alone and that he's holding you in the times when you feel utterly hopeless. Okay. Um, just this, I wasn't going to share this, but she just said like the heart of the lion, but we hadn't even talked and in worship I was asking the Lord what he was doing and I saw like a big lion sit like hovering over everybody so that's really cool that word um and then I have another word I feel like there's a father in here and you don't feel enough um and you feel like you just have this urge to just flee to Abandoned, but you won't because you're steadfast, but it's just this urge. And there's been a generational stronghold of abandonment. Um, and God wants to break it with you. And that, um, I saw the pic, I, God brought me back to the prodigal son of when you were abandoned. And even when you were at your lowest, the father ran to you, even when you didn't deserve it. Um, and he wants his heart as a father for you to be revealed so that you can father well and break that stronghold of abandonment. That's good. Super good. Come on. All right. Last one. Last one. Um, so Mason, Mason was talking about like good being the enemy of great and just this whole time up here, I've had a sense of just like marriages and I know we talk about that a lot here. We encourage that and even if you're in a place, it's just like a general word, like even if you're in a place that we're like, man, my marriage is good. Like, I just keep getting this overwhelming sense that, like, God wants to make it great. 
and um, just like I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand or do any of that, but I'm just just gonna let you know that like as you wake up, you know, in the coming days, it's just you know how when you just have these talks with a friend or a spouse or something, and you clear the air, and it's just like, man, I can breathe again, those type of things, like, all right, we got that off my plate, we're in the same spot, and we're just going for it now, it's like, I just sense that on like a broad spectrum here, uh, for the marriages, um, so just know that that's coming for you guys, that God wants it to be good, it is good, but God wants it to be great. week I was asking the Lord, what is something that you are calling Riverstone to? And I'm actually going to ask our prayer teams to go ahead and and make their way up this way as I I tell you this. What's something that God is calling Riverstone to that, I I don't know, that we've always known, but we tend not to pick up or check fully into as as a big group? I feel like the staff gets this, but like as a, as a big group, as all of us together. And this is what I felt like the Lord was telling me. From its conception, Riverstone was called to be a forerunner in revival for Cobb County. Listen, that's not like, that's awesome. That's great. Like, woo, that's the word that you want to hear, right? But that means that we have, you're going to, you specifically, personally, you're going to look weird. Barry, that's right. <laughs> you're going to look weird because you're so in love with God. Because you're so bent on God. Because you have taken up revival inside of your life from the depths of you. And that's truly a creative place. It's like the most creative place that there is in all of creation, right? Is to be fully alive in God. To be awakened in God. And that is the call of Riverstone in Cobb County is to be a forerunner for that. And I'm not just telling you this because God told me. He did tell me. But I've had other churches tell me this as well. We talk about at the newcomer's lunch, which is today, so don't miss that. At the newcomer's lunch that we may not be the best church in Cobb County, but we are doing our deal. Like we're doing our thing. And I would say that's probably the wrong language. We probably don't say that perfect, but I blame myself. But we're doing what God's called us to. We're listening and leaning on him as a body, as a people. And we're going after the things of God. And you know what he wants to do? He wants to revive Cobb County. He wants to awaken Cobb County. He wants to awaken America. You know why? Because he wants to come back. And I don't know about you, but I miss my friend. I want to be with my friend in the flesh. I want to be with my lover in the flesh. And I feel like there's a, there's a mandate, there's a calling on Riverstone to be revivalists, to pray, to pray in travailing prayer. To lay hands on the sick and see them recover. To engage with the spirit of prophecy. And to be a voice in our community. That Jesus is coming back. And that he's the God of love. And he's in passionate pursuit of the person standing on the corner. That he's in passionate pursuit of the businessman who's successful. That he's in passionate pursuit 
for the person who can't seem to find a job, that he's in passionate pursuit for the young middle schooler who's just now beginning to figure out that it's important to go to school, right? This is our calling. But we've got to put some stuff down to pick it up. So, if you know what those things are that you need to put down, or you feel like, I don't know, but I just need, I need prayer, I'm going to invite you to come and receive prayer from our ministry teams. And if you have any other need, we would love to pray for you. Um, this team is going to hang out right here. And if you want a prophetic word, if you were sitting there, you're like, man, I really felt like I was going to get one and I want one, they'll probably give you one. So you better snag them before we run out of, I don't know, before revival breaks out or something. Okay, so why don't you do this? Why don't you stand with me? And if that's you and you want ministry, I want to ask you to be bold enough to lay down the the net of your of your uh, reputation. I almost said responsibility. Reputation and come and get prayer right now. Right now. And we're going to go into a time of worship and prophetic ministry. Guys, why don't y'all come down here? And I'm going to pray over us. Jesus, we ask, we long that we would come alive in you. That we would be awakened to your purposes and what you're calling us to. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would carry full authority in this house. Lord, for the son or the daughter that need to come home and they're in the room right now. God, I ask, Lord, that they would come home. Praise you, Jesus. God, I ask that you would give us the strength to drop nets and follow you in calling. In your name I pray.